What is going on, you guys? Welcome to another episode of the Balling Out Show. This is the third episode. Today I have with me Ronaldo Patino. Ronaldo Patino is the gallery director for Von Klaus, an emerging art gallery with operations in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Charlotte. Outside of being a gallery director, he also runs Clarendon Studios, an international brand that revolves around design, art, and fashion, which is also based out of New York City. Ronaldo, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, Rashil? Thank you for having me on the show. Um, I'm doing well today. Just enjoying a rainy day here in Brooklyn. Nice. How's the weather in New York? I know this time of the year, it's getting a bit colder. It's, it's really quick- nice, actually. Uh, the, the leaves are starting to turn. Um, so, yeah, can't complain. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on this episode. For the people who are listening, do you kind of want to give a quick brief as to who you are, kind of how you got started in the creative scene and kind of what led you to doing the things that you are currently doing? Right. Um, so I guess my background is non-traditional. Um, I didn't really go to art school or design school or anything. Uh, I kind of got started in 2019. I think is when I first had the idea of uh, creating Clarendon. Um, but I didn't actually act on it until 2020 in the pandemic. Um, yeah, my last semester of college, I spent it uh, growing Clarendon, just learning, teaching myself how to use Adobe, uh, Illustrator, Photoshop, just design tools. Um, then I bought a camera, did a little bit of photography, uh, like event photography, concert photography. Um, then I eventually moved here to New York and uh, I started doing interior design. I uh, did a little bit of that and then found myself uh, working on Clarendon again, uh, did a pop-up, and, uh, and then that kind of led to, to working with uh, my business partners, uh, and then we, we got together and formed Von Klaus, which is our, our, our gallery, and, uh, and yeah, that kind of led or took me to where I am now, but uh, just a lot, of, a lot of experiences, a lot of different projects, uh, just kind of is what ultimately led me to where I am now. Did you know in college that you kind of wanted to go down the creative path or were you pursuing anything else? Uh, no, I didn't know. Uh, to be honest, in high school, even before high school, my entire life plan was to play professional soccer. Um, that didn't really <laughs> work out. Uh, and so after soccer, I really had a hard time trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Um, And then I was always into psychology. I've always just figured I've been kind of good at with people reading people. That may be a bias, but I've always had that feeling. Um, And so I did, I did psychology first. That was my major. Uh, I I got into research and uh, eventually ended up applying to grad school um, I got some interviews with my top schools and, uh, when it came time to deciding what I was going to do, if I was going to go to grad school or 
you know, pursue, I guess, my creative interests and my entrepreneurial interests, uh, I decided on the latter and decided to move to New York. But to answer your question, um, no, I didn't really know what I, that I wanted to do this in college. Um, it just kind of took trying things out, starting stuff, starting projects, just kind of throwing myself into stuff I didn't really know how to do at the time. And I'm still learning uh, to really help me decide that, oh, this is something that I want to pursue and this is something I want to do for the next years of my life. Right. And I think that's the best approach, kind of throwing yourself into things and figure out, figuring out what it is you like or you don't like. Were you always creative as a kid? <laughs> uh, it's funny because... I had two cousins um, that are extremely, were extremely creative. They don't, one of them doesn't draw anymore. Um, and I would take their drawings to school and tell everyone they were mine. But no, I, growing up, like I couldn't draw. Uh, I liked art, like the class, but I, it was never something that like, I guess like gained much of my attention or energy growing up as a kid. Um, but I did, I was always into like, I guess, fashion, I, not like high-end fashion, but always like, you know, nice sneakers. I like having like the collabs that other people weren't usually wearing. I guess like I was very into sneakers and like having stuff people didn't have. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just dressing well. And I guess Instagram is actually what kind of helped me discover uh, the, the passions I had that I really wasn't aware because most of my time was just spent playing soccer. Um, so I didn't really have any hobbies outside of that. That's awesome. Would you say that you kind of drew your creative inspiration from viewing various Instagram accounts or kind of what is it about art or making clothing that kind of led you to your path um well at first clarendon was just going to be completely clothing um i guess the reason i started it was because i thought it was a quick way to make money and mm -hmm. uh it was my sophomore year of college um so my inspiration was from a youtuber i watched at the time who had the thriving clothing brand and, and he was uh really just living the type of lifestyle that i wanted to live um and which is a different topic but it i guess what i was starting to learn what lifestyle design is and i just saw that you know maybe having my own clothing brand would fit into or give me the type of lifestyle that I wanted. And so that's kind of how, uh, what led me to, to go down that path and just why I took the fashion route, um, which really wasn't even fashion. It's just, I, it was mostly just t-shirts and just hoodies and just putting uh, design on it and getting it screen printed. But I thought it would, it would be a quick way to make money um i learned out that a fashion brand is actually uh, very hard to grow and very hard to make profitable um but yeah just getting into that is what i guess I, why i mentioned instagram because 
I started following other uh, fashion, like clothing brand accounts, uh, speaking to their owners on Instagram and just like networking. Um, and for a good time, that was all that I really was into is just like finding new brands, seeing what they were doing. And then, you know, going down that rabbit hole uh, of like clothing and, and fashion, archive fashion, stuff of that nature. That's awesome for the, so I have two questions. I'll ask the first and then we'll come back to the next one, which is centered around Clarendon and kind of how you actually make the clothing itself. But the first question I had was for the people who are listening, who might be unaware, could you kind of explain what lifestyle design is? Yeah, totally. Um, so lifestyle design uh, is just, basically it's it's exactly what it is it's assigning your lifestyle um in in the sense of like what is my day going to look like what are, what are my weeks going to look like what's my month year going to look like who are the people that are that i hang around with uh where are the restaurants that i eat what kind of clothes do i wear what is what do my clothes say about me uh, what does my social network look like? What are the people in my social network do? Um, you know, what are, what car do you drive? Where do you live? Um, how do you spend your summers? Just uh, stuff like that, I guess it's just mm -hmm. the things you do um, in your life is I, I guess what I referred to lifestyle design. Um, and then also your ability to, to change uh, as your interests or hobbies develop or change. Um, that's, that's what I mean by lifestyle design. I, I hope that answers that question. If not, yes. I can go into further detail. So very much kind of taking inspiration from various sources and kind of looking at artists or other professionals and kind of asking yourself what kind of life it is you want to live and kind of working backwards and being very intentional and in yes. that life. I would say so to an extent. Um, it's also about just defining the things you value in life. Mm -hmm. Like for example, if you are someone who uh, likes to spend a lot of time in the woods and likes to do fishing and hiking um, then, you know, opposed to someone who, let's say, uh, loves going to like nightclubs and like this, you like the city and you like shopping um, and you like, I don't know, restaurants, you know, it's about being intentional with, okay, well, if I like doing these things, where should I be? Like, it wouldn't make sense for someone who out enjoys the outdoors to live in a city. Uh, so, you know, yeah, just being intentional with what you do in life with who you hang around uh, and just making sure it all uh, matches what, what you want to get out of your life. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. I think it's so important for someone to ask themselves kind of what life they want to live and the things that they want to do and kind of work backwards would you say that comes from a place of extreme self-awareness um yeah you could say that i mean self-awareness kind of hot harder to find um but yeah definitely just being aware of of who you are and uh, and what you want ultimately um and then just like you said working backwards uh 
to try, try to figure out how to accomplish the things you want to do. So going back to the question you originally asked me, like when I was a sophomore and I decided I want to start Clarendon, it was because I realized that I was like, well, you know, I want to travel. I, uh, I want to do, go to certain events. I want to hang out with certain people. And it was like, okay, well, how do I get into that social circle? How do I get that money to do the stuff that I need? How do I build that social capital? And for me, it was like, well, you know, I see this guy that's living the life I want to do. What is, what is he doing? That's making him so successful. And at the time he was having growing, uh, running a thriving clothing brand. And so that's why I was like, well, you know, I don't really know how to get there, but it looks like this could be a good way to start. And so that's kind of how my creative ventures just started. That's awesome. And I think that leads into the second question that I was going to ask you in regards to Clarendon. So I know you've dropped a couple t-shirts and a couple collections kind of, could you explain kind of what goes into building a clothing brand, at least for somebody who wants to maybe make their own clothing brand or is kind of wants to do similar things kind of like, how did you start? Where did you learn? Uh, was it a lot of just Google and YouTube or kind of like, yeah, how does somebody make a clothing brand from scratch? And um, maybe you could even hint at like the name Clarendon and how, where, or where it derived from. Okay. Well, I'll first start off by saying there's so many great tutorials on YouTube and so many, yeah, mostly YouTube. So if you're really serious, I'd probably just get on YouTube and, uh, and Google, because, you know, there's people that are a lot more knowledgeable than me, but I'll go ahead and share my personal experience and hopefully there's some value to your listeners. Um, so yeah, Clarendon, uh, when it came time to choosing a name, uh, I knew it was a important decision. Um, and so I just, I wanted it to be something meaningful, but I didn't want it to be super like personal or emotional and, uh, I guess I wanted it to sound cool. So I think Clarendon's a pretty cool name. Uh, but I got it from my, uh, there's a street in my hometown uh, where I grew up in Longview, Texas. Uh, and it's a street name of a house where all of my friends in high school uh, used to hang out after school and we would have parties. Um, we would have, we'd just go over and watch movies and play FIFA I uh, just do typical teenage stuff there. Um, and we all bonded, I would say, by being able to have a, a place where we could all hang out after school and just like be ourselves. Um, and so that was really important of growing up. And so when it came time to choosing a name, I, for me, that those years that I spent growing up there, hanging out there, uh, were really impactful and for my like development in terms of like culture, like, like putting each other on onto new songs, um, like talking about the Supreme was super cool at the time, like talking about the new Supreme collab or just stuff like that, um, that I, I didn't, cause I was so into soccer, you know, some of my friends that I would hang out with there, they were like into these things. And so they would kind of bring me into that. And, uh, so yeah, it was impactful. It had a, on my on my interests and the things I like. So I decided to name it after the street. Um, and so that's how I got the name. And as far as running a clothing brand, um, it's pretty difficult. Uh, like I said, I didn't actually start 
until April 2020. I had the idea in like March 2019, but I didn't really act on it. I was, yeah, I just didn't act on it. Um, and then when COVID came around, I was like, well, what am I going to do with my time? So, so yeah, it started first with making a logo. Uh, at, at the time, it, it, it seems like the most important thing, uh, but you'll realize it's, it can be, but it's, it's very trivial. Um, and so making a logo, uh, getting a domain, you have to buy a domain and then building a website. I decided to do everything on my own at the beginning. So I taught myself how to build websites on Shopify. Um, I taught myself graphic design so that I could make my logo. Uh, but I eventually ended up just buying one, but, uh, so, yeah, so once you have those things, then I guess you got to make a product. Uh, the first shirt I ever made was a mixture of an album cover and uh, a topographic map of the neighborhood where the house was on. Um, and so, yeah, you got to come up with an idea for a product and then find manufacturers. Once you find a manufacturer, uh, you know, you just talk to them, tell them that you want a t-shirt, you want a hoodie, whatever it is that you want to make. Uh, and then you give them your, you give them your file and sometimes they will do the screen printing themselves. Um, for some, one of the collections, I decided to learn how to make screen printing or how to learn how to do screen printing. Um, so I built a screen printing machine, um, and taught myself how to do it. Um, which in the end, I personally thought it was very time consuming. So I don't do that anymore. I don't ever plan on doing it again. It's very stressful, very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to learn how to actually make clothes, then I would go to that route and then also learn how to sew uh, so you can make custom garments. Uh, once you really get into it and you're not, you're no longer just like putting a graphic design on a blank, a blank is just like a Hanes t-shirt or like a Gildan t-shirt or just a Rootport or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, then you'll, you'll see that most of the people, they do cut and sew. So you'll go and find your own fabric that you like. You can usually source fabric from a, a wholesale distributor. Uh, so once, I guess, I guess I'll walk you down through a design process, what it looks like now. Um, cause if I, if I were to tell you how I used to do it versus how I'm going to do it now, it's just completely different. So I'll, I'll walk right. you down how, how it should be done now. Um, in my opinion. Uh, so first, yeah, you, yeah, you have to start with an idea. Are you going to do it for summer, spring, fall, winter? If you want to do a traditional, um, like collection, if you just want to put something out there, then you don't really have to take that into account, but you do have to take into account where you're going to drop it. Cause you know, it doesn't make sense to sell shorts in the fall or, or winter. Right. So, right. You gotta be thoughtful about that. Um, where are people going to wear this? Like, is it going to be worn to a, like the beach, the mountains, you got to figure out your, who you're going to be selling it to your customer. What do they look like? Where are they going to wear it? Once you have all that, then it comes time to, you know, you're gonna make a t-shirt, what kind of item, once you decide what you want, what material is it gonna be? So this is where the part where you need to reach out to uh, manufacturers that can make your products and to the dimensions and sizes, and you can pick whatever material you want. So you need to build that relationship uh, with someone who can make your stuff. Once you, once you have that, 
um, then you can start making samples. Samples is the first shirt you make. They'll send it to you. You can see how it feels. You can see how it fits. Uh, make any, you know, edits to the design that you may need. Um, then if you're, once you're happy, if you're happy, you can be like, hey, like the sample's perfect. Or you could just be like, hey, uh, this needs to be changed and they'll send you another one. Um, so once you get your sample to, to a final product, um, I guess then it comes time to developing a marketing uh, strategy and doing uh, like product photography, um, putting all the stuff on your website, which you need to have made or you need to pay someone to do it. Uh, website is, is pretty important. Um, so yeah, then it comes time to marketing. There's different ways to do marketing. You can do it organically, uh, depending on what platform you're on or what where you plan to do your marketing. Uh, you could pay an agency to do it. Uh, ultimately, up to you and how much budget you have and and how you want your clothing brand to be perceived. Because you know uh, a lot of the nice ones. If you want to make a really nice one, high end one. You know, Laurel Pliana, I think, doesn't do marketing on TikTok. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you have to you have to figure out how you want your your uh, your brand to be perceived. So you have to be very thoughtful with that. Um, and so, yeah, do marketing. Uh, make sure people see it. Uh, do pop ups. Do anything you can to put your brand out there so people can see it. And most importantly, the audience that you want to reach, they can see it. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, you just kind of repeat the process over and over. Uh, I know there's a lot of stuff that I've probably missed, but that's just kind of like a general overview because it, it is very detailed. There's a lot of details and right. things. The system isn't perfect. You like it, It's all about creating a perfect that works for you and your brand. Um, Cause it, they all look different for different people. So you just got to jump in there, figure out what works, what doesn't change some things around. And then eventually you'll, you'll develop something that works for you. Right. Thank you for sharing that. It seems quite an intensive process of getting it going from idea to an actual product to launching um, to dive deeper into Clarendon whenever you were first building it did you have a clearly defined aesthetic or kind of target audience or the type of people you were trying to engage with or the type of people you wanted it to wear it or kind of you know uh, clearly defined aesthetic in regards to whether it be very high end or more closer to streetwear or was it kind of just getting it going and then kind of iterating it from there uh sort of but not really um so i guess my own personal taste and what i like to wear and like listen to and stuff has changed so i think uh what i'm what i am making now or working on now is is different from when i first started mm -hmm. but uh but no when i when i first started it was more you could say of a streetwear brand, um, you know, baggier sizing and fitting. Um, the designs were not, not like 
they were out there. They were pretty there. They weren't simple or minimalistic. Um, so yeah, it's definitely changed. Uh, at first, I think it was like you said, just getting stuff out there, just making stuff that I thought looked cool. Um, and not really thinking about, Oh, who's going to wear this? Like what audience that's, you know, which are things you should really consider, but I didn't, I didn't really know any of this. I was just kind of like, I'm just going to start making stuff and see where it goes. Uh, one thing I overestimated when I first started is how many people were going to buy shirts from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made quite Wrong a bit. Time. Yeah. I made quite a bit. Um, of, I great. I like, I'm, I'm grateful that I sold all of them. Uh, the first collection actually was like one of the best. I think people really like that one. Um, and then after that, uh, the designs started to change. Uh, and it got to the point where I was making what I thought was pretty cool. It really wasn't my style. So a lot of the things I wasn't even wearing, like, uh, you know, I, I, I had them, but I really wasn't wearing them out because they weren't really my style. And I think that's the point where I realized that I needed to change the direction of my brand because I wanted to make stuff that I could wear and that I would feel comfortable telling other people, Hey, like, this is my brand. Like you should wear this stuff. It's cool stuff. Like, look at me, I'm wearing it. Like it's nice. Um, so that's when I decided to, to change uh, direction uh, as far as like, uh, yeah, creative direction. Mm-hmm. So would you say that Clarendon, your brand Clarendon Studios is very much an extension of yourself, kind of what it is you like, your creative interests? Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, as far as the fashion goes, the clothes, um, yeah, I like I said, I wanted to make stuff that I I could wear. So clothing-wise, yes. Um, I have... I guess Clarendon I've used as a way to kind of get into uh, just more of the creative world in terms mm-hmm. of other disciplines like art and design, um, which is other in uh, interior design, which are other things that I, I like. Um, so I've kind of just used it as a way to explore those things. Um, you could say as a medium, um, a lot of, a lot of stuff that like now I didn't really know existed back then. So it was also more of doing my own research and looking at like other designers and like what's going on around the different styles that exist. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's always changing um, because I'm discovering more stuff, uh, figuring out maybe I like things, some new things better. Uh, so yeah, you could say it's an extension of me. That's awesome. So kind of, from Clarendon's inception to now kind of where do you see the brand headed um what direction do you see yourself taking it right looking ahead um so when I first started uh, I kind of had this idea that I wanted it to be like a physical location uh business where I would have uh people working it would it would encompass like music like eventually a music label um design like a design firm uh with like graphic designers working on projects a a clothing brand and then also uh an art gallery where we could sell art from and have like artists be featured and and do stuff like that so i i envision like a brick and mortars type style with just uh 
art, design, fashion, different disciplines uh, kind of come together and work on different projects with different people. So that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really know how I was going to do it. Excuse me. Uh, to an extent, I'm still figuring it out, but it's a lot more clear to me now. So my future plans are to, uh, you know, start having events. Uh, my next collection uh, will be dropped in spring of next year. So by then I would like to, uh, to do like a pop-up for the official release, um, have some like art there from artists that um, I work with that I know personally now. I've been able to build awesome relationships here in New York. Uh, maybe have some like interior design pieces there um, and just have everything there for sale under Clarendon. So kind of create like a online market, online place where you can go to uh, maybe discover new items from different designers that you didn't know about. And maybe, uh, you know, I want it to be like a cultural reference for a lot of people who, who are, are into those things um, and know it and also the people who want to discover those things. Um, so I guess just kind of like a online uh, reference point for art design and fashion. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So when someone wears a Clarendon shirt, is there a message you're trying to sign signify or convey or kind of what do you want the people who are um, repping Clarendon to kind of, um, yeah, is there a message you're trying to convey or? Mm. Uh, there used to be, that was one of the things I was very focused on, um, but not so much uh, other than just, hey, like I'm wearing this, I feel comfortable in it. Uh, it looks good. It makes me look good. Um, and it's what I like, you know, I think ultimately a lot of the, our favorite clothes, what we wear aren't very much message. And if they are, they're very subtle or different types of messages, maybe more like mm -hmm. social cues uh, for groups. So you could say like going back to lifestyle design, if you're wearing Clarendon, um, you know, you're probably within a certain niche of, uh, people you you maybe like this type of stuff opposed to other types of things um so you know it's just like walking down the street and someone's wearing one of like your favorite brands let's say it's uh like patagonia you're like oh well you know he's he gets it he he probably goes hiking and stuff or i don't know right. you know uh -huh. if you someone wearing wranglers they're like oh like you know cowboy so uh -huh. same thing i think i, I just want Clarendon to be a brand with uh, people associate with a certain type of, uh, of person uh, and demeanor and just overall, uh, you know, aesthetic, I, you could say. That's awesome. So very much conveying a story behind the brand itself. Yeah, just being able to identify uh, the brand and just being like oh you know that guy's wearing that like he's probably mm -hmm. into the same things i'm into if you're into those things so mm -hmm. like uh like oh like he's wearing clarendon he must like be at least into like fashion or art design or something like that right awesome so for people who are let's say building a brand um as far as marketing 
or having a business plan is concerned, would you recommend um, growing it organically or kind of having more going the paid route or kind of how, what are some tips that you recommend for someone listening who would like to promote their products or their own brand? And it doesn't necessarily need to be clothing in and of itself, just any kind of online e-commerce, small business. Right. So I think, uh, I mean, the advice I would give would be tailored to what they're selling. Um, Mm. Again, like if you are, your goal was just to sell as many units, products as you can, and you don't really care about the image so much about the image of your brand. Like, let's say maybe you're selling like electric toothbrushes. You could just advertise and market, you know, just do a a big marketing campaign get a lot of money, put it in there because it would be very hard to grow that organically unless you're doing like, like live events where people are coming and you're giving out free toothbrushes or, you know, you have a party and, and people are like showing up and it's just, that's more like sponsorships. But if you, uh, let's say you are growing a brand, it could be a wallet brand. It could be a watch brand clothing. And I guess it doesn't really matter what kind of brand ultimately the marketing strategy you choose should very much be aligned with how you want people to perceive your products and, uh, and uh and your brand overall you know i don't think uh rolex is going to be making tiktok videos anytime soon just because mm-hmm. maybe they are i could be wrong but i just feel like that doesn't really align with the kind of audience they want to bring in and how they want to be perceived so again marketing just kind of goes back to how you want your brand to be seen and who you want to reach Right. So very much kind of thinking from a lens of empathy in regards to who your target audience is or your customer is and kind of crafting a marketing strategy based on that. Yeah, because essentially what a marketing campaign is, is you're telling a story for whatever you're selling. So yeah. let's say you uh, you drop a collection that's centered around, I don't know, cars, like your marketing could be, you know, people wearing your clothes at a a formula one track, or maybe they're at a mechanic or, or whatever. Um, So you have to tailor your, your marketing campaign to, to the story you're telling with that specific product and how it fits into the overall brand's message and image. That's awesome. I appreciate you going deeper into Clarendon Studios. Um, To continue moving the conversation forward, I know that you are also a gallery director for Von Klaus. Um, Kind of, would you mind explaining what Von Klaus is, kind of how you got started with that and kind of, what your intent with that is as well right so i got started uh with von klaus in june of this year so a few months ago so it's still very relatively new to me um but yeah i got started because at the time i had t- taking a, a personal break from just my like business endeavors and my brand and at the time, I really wasn't doing much uh, 
you know, I'm very hard on myself and I'm always allowed to keep, stay busy, do stuff. And so I just wasn't feeling very productive. And one of my friends approached me uh, with this role to do the creative direction of a gallery. And I was like, yeah, you know what, I'll do it. I'm not really doing anything. It'll be good to occupy my mind um, and get some experience and in, in something that I don't know about, but that is aligned with what I want to do eventually. Um, so I took it and then that transformed into uh, getting, being the director there. Uh, the other person who I guess was in that spot at the time, he left um, and I got brought on to take that role. And that's kind of how I got started. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, I'm still doing it now. That's awesome. So I'm kind of curious what goes into creating an art gallery or making it because it seems as if there's a lot of moving pieces and coordinating with a bunch of different people, whether it be artists or having um, places to host the actual gallery and kind of how does one get started doing that? Is it kind of, you know, do you, do they go out seeking it or it just kind of happened? Does who go out seeking what, what do you mean? In regards to making, starting their own art gallery, kind of what would you recommend for someone looking to do something similar to what you guys are doing over at Von Klaus? Um, well, if you want to start a gallery, I'd first recommend that you are already in the art space um that's actually not in my background um and so i'm mm. still learning a lot of new things that i'm unaware of um you know a lot of people go to school uh to to do these roles and to to run art galleries and it just so happened that uh that because we are a new gallery um and you know the people I, that run it they're my friends uh my colleagues um it's just it makes for a, a unique way of managing it. Um, so I guess what I'm going to say may be a little bit different from a traditional art gallery because we are very untraditional in the way we do things, and which is, which is one of the things I like. And I think one of the things that stands out and is why uh, a lot of people like working with us. But yeah, the way uh, we got started is that we came across a, a space that we could use, a very nice gallery um that wasn't being used and the owner uh you know he's very he had he wanted to do something long term uh and we were able to offer what he was looking at so we decided to work together that's how we got our first space um and then after that it just came it just came uh the rest of the spaces came uh my friend who is the one who brought me on initially he his background is in art he's a he's a dealer he's an art dealer he sells art he's been in it for i think three years now so he knows what he's doing um he's very well regarded within the field um and you know he, he does a great job so he was the one that was able to provide all the the contacts at first um a lot of it has now is being built by you know from different members of our team so it's not so much just him, the one bringing in everything, but at first it was. So that's why I mentioned if you want to get into, into the gallery, uh, we want to own a gallery, you want to create one. And it's, it's very uh, crucial to have those contacts because 
uh art is just all about who you know uh you know and then making new contacts and just it's very social right industry so you it's kind of hard to, to get your foot in the door uh-huh. without knowing someone in right it. that's what i was going to ask versus a traditional jobs where you can just go ahead and apply online which you'd say it's more of a relationship heavy industry and kind of I guess my question is, do you find that the art industry is very much also your lifestyle as well? Kind of go into the art galleries, all of the socializing is very much a little bit of both. It's very, it's a very social industry. Yes. And again, I will say my perspective is different because the way I got in it is very untraditional in the sense that, you know, a lot of people, they go to school, uh, they get their master's, uh, from an art school or, or you know whatever most 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 people that get into art in the art world they do it being aware that that is their end goal so you know they go to school thinking oh, I'm, I'm going to be an artist or I want to work in some type of role in an art um, opposed to me where I was just like I had an opportunity come up and I took it didn't really know much about it but yeah I I guess the people I interact with uh, most of them Uh, It plays into their lifestyle. Uh, You know, once you get to very high end art, there's a lot of fairs. So it involves a lot of traveling uh, and meeting a lot of people, doing a lot of networking, going to a lot of events and galas and uh, just being surrounded by a lot of uh, people who are very well into it, like collectors, uh, you know, buyers. Um, Yeah, it's a whole kind of feels like a old boys club. Nice, nice. Very much going back into lifestyle design, like you mentioned earlier. Yes, exactly. I think, uh, you know, it's a good lifestyle if you're doing well. If you're not doing too well, then, you know, it can be tough. Uh Uh-huh. Would you say that as far as Von Klaus is concerned, there's a certain type of art that you guys specifically look for? Or it's kind of whatever artists you guys have between the relationships and those artists are the ones that you will be putting into the gallery. Or do you guys look for, oh, we want artists only in this specific era of art or this particular style? Um, I think for us, the most important thing is developing a relationship with the artist. You know, we want to work with people we think are cool and they think we're cool. You know, we want mutual, uh, I guess, recognition. Like, okay, like, I like what you're doing. We like what you're doing. And then also just knowing what kind of, uh, I guess, like, network do they have? You know, does, does, it, does it align with the people we are trying to work with? Does it align with the people we want to do business with? Um, so I think that's very important. Of course, they have to make good art as well. Um, but yeah, more so just about relationship building. Um, and that's a big determinant of what artists we choose to work with. Now, the artists that you guys are working with, are they specifically making, I guess, new paintings for and for the gallery or do they already have work that you guys like so do they already have several paintings made that you guys choose to put into the gallery or kind of how does that part work um a little bit of both some of the artists whose art we've used 
for previous uh, exhibitions, you know, that it had already been created. And then some artists, uh, if they know they have like a month or two in advance to prepare for a show, then they like to make some works. Um, it's ultimately up for the artists to design, you know, as long as they have some type of inventory, uh, then, you know, it should work. But some do like making new artwork for, for the sp uh, specifically for new shows. Awesome. Now for each of the gallery events, is it mainly one artist? that you guys are highlighting or do you guys have multiple artists within each gallery? Uh, our past shows have been a mix of artists. Um, mm -hmm. We planned on doing a solo show uh, this next month. Um, that won't be going through. I think the artist uh, dropped out for reasons like beyond our control. Um, so we haven't done a solo show yet. Uh, under Von Klaus, I know we did an event previously that was a solo show, but wasn't part of Von Klaus. Um, so yeah, mostly just multi multiple artists. That's awesome. How have how has Von Klaus's previous shows gone? Do you kind of want to touch a bit into that? Sure. So, um, our past two shows, the I mean, we've only done two. And exhibitions because again we started in june our first one was in july are these shows in new york these yeah, exhibitions? Well, uh these these past two shows have been in charlotte our, our main gallery um like, like i was saying we, we started in june our first show was july that went on uh until the beginning of september and then our new show began at towards the end of september it's been around a little almost a month since uh, the beginning of our last show. Um, they've done well. Of course, you know, it's a new gallery, so mm -hmm. not as well as we had hoped in terms of uh, like sales, you could say. Um, but beyond that, I think it's brought a lot of new eyes onto what we have going on our shows. So in that sense, it's done really well. At establishing new connections uh, for future projects, and, uh, and also building upon relationships with our artists and bringing in new artists and just filling our calendar um, with new shows. So, in that regards, we've done really well because uh, I think people have been able to see that you know we're very serious about it, how we do business, and. Uh, and we've done a good job executing. So it's, yeah, so it's filled up our calendars for, for like a few months in the future. So yeah, it's done, it's done really well. That's awesome. That's always good to hear. I know you mentioned that your primary gallery is in Charlotte and the other events have been taking place in New York City. Um, do you guys plan on focusing exclusively in New York City or do you guys see yourself um, branching out to other cities across America? Um, so New York, we would like to have a physical gallery here. I, well, I guess we do here in Brooklyn. Um, it's an extension of my home, <laughs> but that one is more of a by appointment based only. It's right. not open to the public. Uh, but securing spaces in New York is tough because it's super expensive. Um, and so we prefer to do pop-ups, uh, and, uh, 
Yeah, we, we have, we just recently had one this past week and we plan on doing one in December. Um, as far as expanding, yeah, we would, we would definitely like to expand. Uh, there's potential uh, projects like coming up maybe in Texas uh, and I don't know, maybe at one point we'd like to do something in LA, but for the, for the time being, we're focusing our efforts in, in New York and of course at our main gallery. Right. That's awesome. Would you say um, from a marketing promoting perspective, as far as the art gallery is concerned, it's kind of similar to kind of how you marketed Clarendon or would you say they're two completely different ball games? uh like is it a similar skill set yeah similar skill set in regards but this is a little bit different um you know a lot of the ways people buy art is just kind Mm -hmm. of through knowing people Mm -hmm. um so we don't really have a website uh people can't just go on our website and hit purchase on (laughs) a painting they kind of have to you know email us or send us a message on instagram and then that's how we get in contact uh our marketing um we we really quite haven't figured out something that works for us like again i was saying we could easily just get on tiktok and just start making tiktok videos but uh, we're not quite sure that really aligns with how we want to be seen and what we want to do so we haven't quite figured out a marketing strategy um, at the time at the, yeah, at the present time, most of our artists um, have like collectors and people that buy their work already. So right. um, you just kind of give them more exposure and they, and they do most of their sales on their own. That's awesome. So I guess the next question I'm going to ask is who, as far as Von Klaus is concerned, are the, primary clientele who are buying the art is it just people who are passionate about art or people who or maybe companies that want to furnish their office spaces or hotels or just going in the private home or somebody's room Mm -hmm. uh i guess the main people we are looking to do business with are collectors who have already uh you know uh quite a bit of work that they've bought um, or maybe they like a particular artist that we have and they just want to keep collecting. Uh, so collectors um, and then people who are, I guess, in the art world who like art and like discovering new artists, because um, it very much is a business. Uh, a lot of people buy art with the intention of flipping it. And, uh, and you know, some artists are very picky with who they want uh, their customers to be um, again it goes back to being intentional with with how you how you want to be perceived so um, some artists we can't give away their work to just anyone um, if the artist is looking for a particular client um, then we have to be uh, respectful of their wishes but some of the most recent artwork we sold is is open to anyone um, you know there's different artists some people just want their art to be seen by as many people as 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 they can uh so it just depends Mm -hmm. that's awesome so moving forward or i guess kind of moving forward would you say for anyone looking to break into the creative scene whether it be designing clothes or curating art galleries 
it helps to be in a certain geography. Um, you know, obviously New York, there's a huge creative scene. Um, but what would you say for the person who's listening that maybe lives in Ohio? <laughs> uh, well, you know, living in Ohio, if you want to start a mm-hmm. brand that is specific to people in Ohio, it could do very well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it maybe it could be like a hunting brand and it can mm-hmm. do or a sporting brand and it can do very well. Again, it just depends on what kind of brand you want to make and who you want those how you want it to be experienced and who you want your customers to be right so it, or i guess not customers community i should say right so yeah so i guess it does kind of help to be in a specific geography and it doesn't even need to be uh in regards to the creative industry either yeah it, would you I say so uh-huh. uh it just depends like what you want again. Yeah. You know, like what you want for your brand. That's awesome. So would for anybody who were to come up to you, let's say someone maybe from your hometown who's in high school or for anybody who would come up to you, like, yes, let's say in your hometown, who's in high school or in college looking to do what you want to do or anything really within the creative field, kind of what would you recommend the steps they take or the route they take? I mean, personally, I would just say just jump into it. Um, but, you know, it's it's a lot mm-hmm. easier said than done. Um, I guess if you want to be methodical about it, I'd probably figure or not even figure out exactly what you want to do, but maybe just start uh, getting some exposure to it. You know, you can refine your Instagram feed with what you're seeing. Let's say like Mm -hmm. you want to get into like making shoes or you want to learn more about shoes. Maybe go follow a few uh, like really cool, popular um, niche sneaker pages or tiktok pages or twitter whatever you use um and just start learning about its history it, the culture around it the people who are doing well within it like maybe identify someone who is doing exactly or something similar to what you want to do and maybe just study them uh, see what they're doing see who they follow see what they're what you know what their interests are uh so just do do some research I, I would start there. Just do some research into whatever it, you think you're passionate about or you want to get into, or maybe you just want to try it out. Mm-hmm. Do you have any books or YouTube channels or any kind of things you recommend for people kind of who want to do similar things as you do? Yeah. Or- I mean, books, I think books, uh, it's best to find the books you want to read because you know, I could give some general ones, but if they're not into what you're doing, then they may not be of the same use or they may not be as helpful. So when it when it comes time to reading a book, you know, you should probably know that it's something you want to do or you want to spend some time on. Um, but if you just kind of want to like test the waters, uh, yeah, maybe just get on YouTube just or just Google what you what you want to see or whatever and just start there and just you know do a get into like a rabbit hole like 
I remember when I was first starting, uh, I was like, one of the things like, what's the best blank? And I just put that on YouTube and that took me to like some dude talking about t-shirts. And then that took me to another video, like how to build your brand. And then from there it was like, oh, I found this different brand, you know? So just, just getting started, just throwing yourself in there, exposing yourself to, to the content. Right. So really just kind of being curious and figuring out as you go. Yeah. I mean, there's this saying that people are like, uh, if you're asking for book read book recommendations and like, you know, you're probably not going to read them or you're probably like less likely <laughs> to read them than if you were just to like find them on your own, uh-huh. you know, you're passionate about it. You're, it's something you, you found on your own. So you want to, yes. you want to get uh-huh. into it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. Um, would you say this is the last question I'll ask before wrapping it up. Would you say that having a formal degree, whether it be in art or some sort of design helps or anybody can kind of jump into the scene regardless of their um, formal educational background? Um, again, you know, depends on what route you want to take or even if you don't know well if you don't know I would recommend uh, I mean I didn't get one but from my experience of wanting to get into psychology and go to grad school and like get my PhD it would for that instance like I kind of needed to to go Mm. to school but let's say like you want to work for an art gallery you kind of need to go to school most art galleries unless you have experience which is very hard to come by without having credentials um Mm -hmm. then you kind of do need to go that route but if you want to build a business uh creative business you can i think there's enough resources online to to maybe like even expedite and not waste so much time Mm -hmm. uh, in school and just uh but that that requires you to be very disciplined and very self-aware of what you want but if if you just kind of like want to try it out, not really too sure, then maybe what you want to do, maybe getting a degree is the best route um, if, if, if you can afford to do so. That's awesome. Well, Ronaldo, I appreciate you being here. I think that this was a great episode. A lot of people will have some actionable insights from this and we'll be taking it with them forward, especially for those who kind of want to do things that you're similarly doing um do you have any kind of closing thoughts or any words of wisdom for the people who are listening Uh, yeah for the aspiring creatives closing thoughts not really i mean i really enjoy our conversation uh the time passed by extremely fast uh wasn't even aware you know when you're talking about things you enjoy you kind of just get lost in the conversation um that anything closing thoughts that comes to mind or tips not really again i think like if if you are uh if i guess your motivation or your that spark that you're needing is recommendations and stuff from someone um then you you know you probably aren't too passionate about the topic because uh you know with soccer i I don't remember like ever going up to people and asking, yo, how do you, how do you do this trick or how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I would just go on YouTube and like look up stuff and then just go out and try to recreate it and just kind of teach myself. Um, so 
I think people who want to get into this or have an idea, best way to do it is just start somehow, even if it, it just means Googling how to do this. You know, I think that's better than, than uh, I guess, going through countless like YouTube videos of like people giving advice. I don't know. Just do it. Right. Quite literally, just do it. Really having <laughs> that uh, inner drive or inner passion to figure it out or figuring it out for themselves, you'd say. Yeah, I mean, that could also just be me. Uh, you know, uh -huh. it, it might I could be wrong. It could be very helpful to to maybe do some research on books and and uh, people and TED Talks or whatever about uh -huh. whatever it is you want to do that. I could be wrong. I just like to just throw myself into whatever I want to learn and just uh -huh. figure it out on my own. Um, but that's, yeah, that's uh -huh. just the way I like to work. That's awesome. Well, Ronaldo, I appreciate you being on this episode. I think that for the people listening, um, for the aspiring creatives, there's going to be a lot of takeaways for this episode. So yes, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed uh, talking about all this and thanks for having me on. Of course.